the Sherlock's Weekly Highlights podcast with me, Georgie Corridge-Pole. This week, I'm joined by Charlotte Connings, Tor Cardona and Astrid Carter. So, it's pretty muggy this morning, isn't it? It's so muggy. It's ridiculous. It's October tomorrow? Yeah, it's no. Mm, it's not it's <laughs> tomorrow, no. Saturday? Sunday, Monday. Well, next Sunday. Week. Sunday. Sunday. But my stepbrother got married on the 1st of October, about five years ago, and it was an absolute heatwave. We got sunburnt. I mean, it was so Oh, my nice. God. It's quite nice. I know. I remember What's there nice? being a heatwave in November once. What? I was in really? Jersey, and we went to the beach. That's so weird. Strange. But if, you, if you're in Jersey, don't you go to the beach every day? Because I'm going to do that. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't feel like a surfer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of bored of this weather now. I'm ready for it to get cold. It's, I'm, I'm so happier than I was in summer because I can still, like, I'm still in jumpers and boots today. But I agree, I'm kind of ready for like yeah. 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 Fashion wise, I am ready. I'm mm. a new coat and I really want to wear mm-hmm. it. I haven't worn it yet. It's really bugging me. And there's a jumper that I might take back, but I want to see if I wear it so <laughs> I can't decide. Because <laughs> once it's cold, mm-hmm. it's so cold that getting out of bed the morning my daughter said to me this morning she's like mommy I'm so cozy in my bed I was like it's only gonna get worse so first of all we've got to talk about our entrepreneurs event which took place on Saturday which is our annual event where we put on a day of seminars talks from successful entrepreneurs who basically share their advice their first-hand advice and learnings and experiences with I guess the sort of next generation entrepreneurs not that they're already young there were all the women there wanting to start their business but as Ray Feather said the brilliant Ray Feather who we know for her incredible bags but whose business actually initially was cashmere she said she wanted to sort of challenge the white company effect she wanted to produce something that was better quality but that business wasn't successful that element of her business wasn't successful until she struck on the bags um, and she says you know you're never too old it's never too late she said I personally find it the biggest luxury that I'm able to work and I know she's I think in her mid-50s but I don't think she had she was a mother she got four children I don't think she had a, a career at the point where she started her brand so it's just a real I don't know honor I guess to be able to bring in women like her we had the founder of Missima we had the founder of Kiki K Stationery um Gabriella Peacock Gabriella Peacock's kitchen. And, yeah, and Detox Kitchen as well. Yeah, Lily Simpson from Detox Kitchen. We had a really successful entrepreneur who was involved in um, Bumble and Badoo, who's launched an amazing app. It's Ooh. sort of a dating app for mothers called oh, Peanut. Peanut. Yeah. And I mean, she's sort of. It's a cool idea. That's really cool. Yeah, really cool. She is a smart lady yeah. and she's doing incredibly well. It's Of all the events we do, it is honestly the one that I enjoy the most and I feel sort of most proud of because, I mean, you couldn't pay to get access to those kind of people. So it's so amazing to have mm. So we had 150 women in the room, in the audience, and the atmosphere is really infectious. And and Christina, who's the founder of Kiki K, who, I mean, they have 100 stores globally, and she started the day and she was brilliant and really inspiring. And I think she had plans for the day to go and she had her family with her. Um, and she ended up staying for the whole day, taking notes. And she said, and I so agree with her, she said, I'm always learning. And there's so much that I can learn. And she was one of the most successful women in the room yet. Oh, wow. She was writing notes That's all really day. Cool. Did you get a sense of, like, the women who came, what kind of stage they were at? Were they people who just kind of, you know, liked the idea of starting business? Or were they people who were kind of already along their journey and wanted some advice? It's a real mix, actually. Um I mean, we aim, we market the event at women who might be in the corporate world Mm -hmm. and want to leave the corporate world and start their own business. Um, And that obviously happens 
so much, but also to mothers who might have had children and didn't want to go back to work financially, it didn't stack up. Just ambitious women, so it's a real mix of women and a real mix of ages. That's what's really nice because everyone's so different, but everyone has that sort of common theme. We really encourage everyone to talk to each other and network and some of them came up to me and she's like, I've met this amazing group of women, are you going to put on a networking event? Can we all get together again? And I said, no, not really. Um, I mean, it's a great idea, but you know, we're not trying to be a networking business. But ultimately, they were making loads of contacts themselves. Let's talk about Airbnb, because along with providing dreamworthy holiday abodes, it can give you an extra income, and it's never been easier. We actually spoke to Portico, who are... I think they're essentially Airbnb estate agents, which I didn't know existed. Um, but they're now on hand to deal with any hassles. You can basically outsource your Airbnb to a management company. It's always an interesting conversation. We, we kind of had it with friends. Like we had um, a friend stay recently, and they started Airbnb their house in the country. It's what it's where they live. Um, but they go away in the summer for a few weeks, and they're like, I'm paying for my holiday. I'm learning they live in a really lovely village and they're happy to have other people come and live in their house. My husband was kind of sitting there as the accountant going, mm. <laughs> and, I, and after he left, I was like, just FYI, we're not Airbnb. But I mean, I am totally anal and that's just me. Yeah. Would you do it? I would. I think about it all the time. Would you? Yeah, I would. I would, I would just, it. like, for example, my boyfriend keeps talking about maybe doing like some time in New York, but not like a really long time, like a couple of months. If he did that, I would just, yeah, oh my God, I'd move in with my parents, put my, just take all my, you know, valuables with me. And then, yeah, absolutely, if you've got insurance, why not? I would really? make oh. so much money. The thought of like yes. someone sitting in my bed makes you feel really ill. I don't really care. Oh, I'd change the sheets. I think you'd buy, you just think buy, you'd yeah. go to Ikea and yeah. buy disposable sheets. Completely agree. Disposable sheets. But you're we just taking my cheat sheet. No, you're mattress though. Like, oh, that's, I, you I'm hotels. with you, but I think if I was younger, I would. I, I don't know, I have my children. Yeah. My brother lives in New York mm. and they did it, but, ages and they are 30 and they, they're kind of in that wedding era so they'd be coming back to London all the time for wedding which obviously costs a fortune but every time they needed to come back for a wedding they just Airbnb their flat it kind of that's brother, so clever my brother was and they got a really good reason my brother was at Eton and he said he used to get the manuals the old school manuals out and leave them <laughs> he's like the Americans Literally oh, I loved love it. So um, so it definitely helped us get good views. That's so funny. Um, they were making a killing until their landlords found out, mm. and I mean they were practically marched out of there. Yeah, I that's uh, the, so I, I, I don't. Yeah, you're not allowed. Yeah, to. I don't think allowed. I'm even allowed to put one well, on Airbnb. Yeah, it's something to do with the housing association. They yeah. won't let you do it. Interesting. Um, I wouldn't do it, but I'd be interested to know how much money you could get. Like, I think you can get more than if you privately rented it like for a short period of time. So yeah. you could probably rent it out for a month for a lot more than if you were like, you know, renting it long term per month. So, but also you don't have to Airbnb your whole house. I mean, A, you can lock certain rooms or you can actually be there. So run it more like a and b So yeah. Laura in our team here, before they had children and they moved into their house and they had four bedrooms or something and they were using one of them and they obviously took on a bigger mortgage, etc. And so they used to Airbnb, I think one, I think it was just one room, but it was a spare room, and it was completely brilliant. I remember she said they had this really nice guy, and he was in London for business. He basically used it 
like his London pad. And she was like, over the course of however long. I mean, he was really, really contributing. Mm. That's yeah. If I was in that situation, I would do it. But I'd have to have a spare room. I wouldn't want someone in your bed. I've got one room, so I wouldn't want them. You see, I feel the opposite. I'm more than happy to clear it out, and somebody can stay in my bed and like whatever, take over the flat, and I don't need to know about it. Yeah. Having a stranger in my home when I'm there is like my absolute worst nightmare. Don't like people there at all. What yeah, really yeah. Laura got lucky, obviously, but it could be a complete weird. She had like, a couple a that I think were a bit weird. Child, yeah. was there as well. And you hear all the stories of people having like sex parties, yeah. and they can come back, and the house is like ruined. My brother Airbnbs all the time, and if I ever got somebody like my brother staying in my house, <laughs> then it would be worse nightmare. So no. And what about staying in Airbnbs? I've actually never stayed no, in an Airbnb. Haven't you? No. I've stayed in one. I thought you would have, Georgie. Yeah, yeah I think you'd really enjoy it. I like hotels. Yeah. I feel like you're the same. Georgie's yeah. like, no, yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't really know. Even know me. <laughs> I, I, for me, it's so good because I, I last year went to San Sebastian and the hotels there were a bit crappy, but still charging like exorbitant amounts and for like a considerable amount less, you can get something so much nicer and you have all your own space. And for me, that's the flip side of it. You can spend less and get something so much nicer. I did it for a Hindu once. It was actually in London, but it was a converted church, like this incredible building. Um, and this, I think he was an architect. Yeah, and he'd like converted it all, and it was such a cool place to kind of like base all the hens and stuff. I mean, for, in, the, in the right situation, I think it's so good. We did it in Amsterdam as well once, and we got a note from them saying, "Oh, can you you have to like look after the cat?" And there was they just <laughs> left their cat there. <laughs> That's like why they do people. Stuff. They and turn up and they don't realise there's oh going to be a pet. We did that. It's your holiday. You're not, you're so like... actually, not only am I making money from me staying in my house, <laughs> I don't have to pay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was quite funny because it was one of those beautiful old canal houses, so it kind of just went up and up and up. But there were no doors. So at like six in the morning, this cat would just come <laughs> and like sit on the bed. It was, it was so terrifying. Oh, I know. Can we just talk about Uber? Ugh. Because I, I mean, it's staggering, isn't it? Uh, how how much did it ruin my day? Charlotte was so Charlotte upset. actually cried. <laughs> I didn't actually. You cry, did. Like I, I thought, thought you were, like you another hour would go past and Charlotte would be like, I just can't believe it about Uber. <laughs> it genuinely ruins. I just think Uber. where you live, I think you really rely on Uber. Basically, well, first of all, you know, I. I Cross treacherous London every day to come here. So when we all go out for work, <laughs> drinks, <laughs> all the way from Zone Two to the other Zone Two. So when we all go out, obviously we're at this side of the river. So if it's like eleven o'clock at night or twelve or one or whatever, I rely on Uber to get home. What are we going to do? Like book in Addison Lee in advance every time we go for spontaneous work drinks? Like no, thank you. Second of all, I, I, I live like a 15, 20 minute walk from a station. So again, if I'm coming home late at night, I, I can I'm completely reliant on just hopping in an Uber from. For me, that's the biggest issue is safety. Yes. I think it's just, it's quite scary. I don't want to get the night bus. No, sorry. I completely take that point. They're saying that it's unsafe. I, I mean, touch wood, I've never had a bad experience with Uber drivers. I don't know any girl. No, I've never had some atrocious Uber oh, drivers. Yeah, some of them and frankly, they could work on their cleanliness. Yes. I mean, that would, be, oh, yeah. that would definitely be a problem. I've I complained so many times about the smell. If I get in any Uber or one that's got a seat cover, which is sort of, you know, it's a bit like a cagoule. Do you know those ones? Can't cope with that. Oh, it's a bit ripped and hanging off the seat. But it's not going to happen. No, it's not. I think yeah. this is just people being a bit large and in charge and saying, we want to control this now. 
I think Uber have come in, no one's really had a say, and actually this is an opportunity for London to say, or the UK to say, we're in charge, mm-hmm. and you've got to dance to our tune. Yeah. So. And even if they do, you know, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like 400,000, we're having 40,000 40, drivers yeah. unemployed. No, they won't be. They'll be snapped up by the oh, new yeah. startup that will trump Uber, and that'll be it. And, 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 and I do, and I think it would be a really good thing if they are more regulated. Like, I agree that Absolutely. there are some horror yes. stories, and also, you know, it is a bit ridiculous. They could do with taking a test. And I do, yeah, people. I do feel yeah. really bad for the black cabbies, but like, I, I, I genuinely kind of understand it from that perspective. But it's not, a solution is not to wipe them out. And like, I was listening to a radio phone this weekend. No, they won't. Agree. Agreed, agreed. But they, um, you know, saying that so many other companies are given such big opportunities to change when they've kind of, you know, done wrong in some way, like Google or, you know, Starbucks and all these people. I know these are kind of different reasons, but Uber should be given the opportunity to work on itself, which I Which I they are. They've they got a new exactly. CEO, you know, he's releasing the right press releases. Yes, I was going to say, right they are. There's a bit of a game going on, mm. and I think, I think everyone can calm down. Yeah. It will all be fine. Let's talk about smoking breaks, because is it fair that smokers get extra breaks at work, the majority of Brits? Unsurprisingly, don't seem to think so, but a new survey revealed that 80% think non-smokers are getting a raw deal. While smokers could argue that five minutes here or there doesn't make much of a difference to their day, the time actually adds up pretty significantly. Did you know that four cigarette breaks a day adds up to 20 minutes, and that works out in an extra 86 hours out of the office over a 12-month period? Which is the equivalent of ten extra days holiday a year. I think that's yeah, that's amazing. mad. Can we get ten mad. extra days holiday? Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Um, what do you think? Do you genuinely begrudge smokers in the office? Oh, no, not at all. Sure, no. Because none of us smoke. But if I felt at eleven o'clock how I needed to go get a coffee, I wouldn't feel really guilty about nipping out for two minutes to get a coffee. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I kind of begrudge them slightly. Do you? Yeah. Like they go out quite a lot. It's true. I suppose they. Yeah. I suppose they get more of an opportunity to. Yeah, I begrudge them air. slightly. I, I'm going to say that <laughs> they're smokers. They're allowed to do it, but I don't think they should. Mm. I don't like, think it's right. Charlotte, we can sit up. Well, I'm to ask you. Yeah, yeah so I know this is true. We can sit up. Like, and I don't like them any less or question their work ethic or their dedication to their role. But, and if anyone wants to go out for five minutes and get a coffee, it's fine. But, I mean, they're up and down like a bloody yo-yo. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not like one. And every time, time I come back to the office, there's one of them standing down there having a fag. Mm. And bearing in mind we've got two in the office, that means they're having quite a lot of fags during the working day. I think they have set times, though, don't I they? I think they do, yeah. They've got, like, the, t- the X times that they go. So they kind of reg- regiment it a little bit. But it's true, I can't regiment five Sainsbury's shops into my day. No. Like, five yeah. times to go stand downstairs. That article was really good. There were some really good stats that suggest yes taking a break does mean you make you make you more productive when you do get back down to your work but you know and we could sit at our desks from like nine to one and like mm-hmm. not have moved an inch and maybe they are more productive i don't know yeah, i know but like i personally haven't got time to take those breaks throughout those hours i know but, but you say we say that because we're kind of like conditioned, conditioned, not conditioned yeah, but like we've got into that routine of just i know work 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 work, work. But actually, if we just took the time, five minutes, like have a stretch or like walk yeah. around the office, we'd probably be so much more productive. That's true. Yeah, yeah so for taking regular yeah. breaks from an ongoing task improves your ability to focus for prolonged periods of time. Like yesterday. So you're losing concentration. So if you're losing concentration and can't seem to get things done, then a fresh air break could well do the trick. It also said that by taking just two minutes, an hour of light physical activity, you could re- reduce the risk of an early death by 33%. So if you want to be even healthier and a non-smoker, go and stand outside and walk around for five minutes. Maybe we should set up drills 
Yeah, I think I think what's interesting when I um, lived in Paris for a year and smoked. I don't anymore, but you know it was really the thing. It was where everyone chatted. It's where you got to know people. But I mean, this is in two thousand and one, I think, and everybody smoked, and it was kind of the only way I sort of made friends in the office was because that's where everybody was. And there's that episode of Friends where one of them, Rachel, Rachel. yeah. yeah. Yes. Takes up smoking to get in with the chat. Yeah. So I think back in the day, like everybody was standing outside and well, they were smoking at their desk. God, I can't believe it when I watch a film I now. Know. My dad talks about people smoking on planes. Yeah. Well. That's yeah. So yeah. I used to fly, so my dad lived in Hong Kong when I was a child, and I used to go four times a year to go and visit him. And I'd sit in non smoking, but my seat would be the last seat in non smoking before smoking. So I basically sit there with someone in the seat behind me smoking. I can think of, I think of sitting in Pizza Express as well and there being a sm- how crazy yeah. you just sit in a restaurant as a child and there were smoking areas yeah. inside. No. And in what? clubs. Clubs. Oh my god, it used to stink when you came here from a club. I know, because I was gonna get my head on yeah. planes, I just from a mm. safety perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You people used to stand at the back of the plane just smoking <laughs> and trains. I mean mm. do you still have smoking characters on trains? No. And <laughs> They've only just but they've only just got rid of those horrible like little smoking cabins in airports as well. Oh, you know, like the departure. Like oh, oh my god, that's awful. Awesome. Awesome. They're using oh. foil ashtrays. Yeah, foil ashtrays. Oh. And oh. what's foil ashtray? A foil ashtray. Like, it's actually made of foil. Made of foil. Like not a real one, oh. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little brown foil yeah. ashtrays that you used to get on. Like disposable ashtrays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so rags. It's oh, it is. I know. So rags, it's it? weird how quickly your opinion changes. Because I remember clubs, when that came in, we were, everybody was yeah, outraged that you were doing more. And now the idea of being in... So in Israel, a lot of people still smoke in clubs. And when I'm there, and you, and you leave and you feel awful, awful the next yeah. day. Yeah. Like, you literally, it sits on all your clothes and your hair. You have to have a shower as soon as you yeah. get in. Yeah, so right. Anyway, back to smoking breaks. One of the things I loathe the most is when I'm getting into a building and there's someone smoking outside and I feel like I need to sort of passive smoke half mm. their fags to get in through the door. I, I find that quite offensive when people are smoking. Because it's in New York, isn't it, where you can't smoke within however many feet yeah, the of the building. Which actually I kind of get, mm. it's a bit anal, but you know, I kind of get anyway. It's about worrying for a bit. We wrote a piece on five ways to stop worrying so much. Uh, because whilst it's kind of inevitable, it also drains you of energy, leads to stress. In my case, insomnia and anxiety. Um, are you big worriers? I think, well, I'm going to take over here. I'm, I don't know, I was thinking about this last night, whether there's a fine line between overthinking and worrying. I'm definitely an overthinker, but I wouldn't say I'm a worrier. I don't sit there worrying about the end of the world or like, you know, the environment or, you know, like death. But I do overthink everything. So maybe they're, I don't know. I'm exactly the same. I don't know. Yes. But when people talk about being, having anxiety and stuff, I don't, I don't relate to any of that. But I, I'm ridiculously overanalyzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Yes, but um, that's not the same. I don't think no, that's right. the same. I don't think it's the and I don't same. think to be a worrier, you need to be worrying about you know, world-changing events. No. So no, that was a bad example. But I know what you mean. Just yes. more drastic things. You know, quite more like more negative things. But I don't worry about small things either. It's more about, I think there is a difference between worrying and analysing. So if you have a conversation with somebody, analysing it is kind of picking it apart, but worrying about it is thinking kind of a kind of catastrophic outcome of, mm. about it, I think. I think that's the difference. I think worrying is about, it can be yeah. really small things, so like over worrying about being late or not mm. finishing something on time or your child not having the right clothes for school or how you're going to fit everyone into your house at the weekend or, you know, 
I think mm. one, whether you're going to make your targets or you're going to not achieve what you need to achieve. I think, yeah. I mean, ultimately, worrying is overanalyzing. Yeah, isn't it? But it is. I think it's letting it get, it's letting it kind of niggle away. It's stress, it's, 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 yeah, it's when it stresses you out. I think I'm quite a warrior. My mum's a big warrior. She's not a big warrior, but she's she's someone who, if she's worrying about something, it will keep her awake at night, yeah. and I'm the same. And I think, and Tora, I want to hear about, yes. I know you've done um, Reiki recently, I want to hear about that, because I think that's supposed to be quite a good, yes, definitely. you know, hypnotherapy, etc. To me, I really think the best way to deal with the worry is to discuss it, and I will wake up in the night, I suffer from something quite badly, as you know, but I will wake up in the night, and I'll start thinking about things, and I'll take a thing that's been on my mind a bit and I will build it up into this enormous thing and I almost start to sort of sweat and really panic and I'm not a panicker but I think in the night I'm really irrational and then I'll wake up in the morning and I'll talk about it or I'll go right we need to make a plan we need to come in this is how we're going to tackle this this is what we're going to do and kind of come up with a solution or draw a line under something that was that was the key tip in this piece wasn't it like the the best way to kind of combat it is to say, ask yourself, is the problem solvable? Yeah. And that's such a good way to kind of ground yourself, I think, and ground your brain when it yeah. is, is yeah. kind of going Because ultimately, the worrying doesn't achieve anything. No. no. You need to come up with some kind of solution. Exactly. But people who say to me, there's no point worrying if you can't do anything about it, I, I literally want to punch <laughs> in the face. <laughs> because I, I'm not programmed that way. Mm. And my husband, who I don't want to punch in the face, but he'll get off and say to me, honey, something you can do about it. I'm like, that doesn't help. Like, the fact that my son has had speech today, you know, I have worried and worried and I worry about him so, and I don't want to go into it on a podcast because it's a big thing for me, but I have, I have essentially worried pretty much since he was eight months old. But that's not, that's not trivial, that's like... But, but that's, that's worry okay. and, and yes. I actually, people have said to me, oh, there's nothing you can do, you just have to wait and see him. That's the most useless piece of advice ever. My way of dealing with it is to speak to everybody I can, to see the best specialists, to talk to schools that he might go to, and he's at a normal school, you know, he's he's actually doing brilliantly. But there was a time when I didn't know that he was going to catch up as much as he had, and it was killing me. But the way for me to deal with it was to do something. And people would say, oh, you know, you can't do anything about it now, just wait and see, and I was like, that's not that's not helpful. Like I genuinely think, I think some people can. But if you're somebody who likes being controlled as well, like what we were talking about last week, yeah, then I think maybe. you need will be your doer. Then it means yeah. you need to do something, you're something yeah. proactive to feel like you're solving a problem, which is why you can do, wake up in the morning if it's something that you can be solved and feel really proactive about it. Yeah. But then if it's something that's kind of more of a process like that, then it's more, then it plays on your mind more because it's not something that has a kind of fix that you can yeah. see. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah. And this whole mindfulness thing we hear so much about is basically about. It's what you're doing. You're being present. So there's no point worrying about the past because it's done. The future, you can't really control it. But what you do now is what you can control. Yeah. Mm. So that's what you should concentrate on, put that's your energy so into. So, so it's not about relinquishing control. It's about, exactly. it's about understanding what the bits you can control. Yeah, okay. yeah it's about taking control. But I yeah. think with any worry, that's the best thing. But maybe the solution is Reiki. <laughs> is that how you say it? Yes. Maybe it is Reiki. I don't know. Um, yes. Yeah, so I've always been so interested to have Reiki. What, well, what is Reiki to start with? Okay, so stones. Not stones, <laughs> no. So to cut a long story short, your body you have different chakras, which is where your like energy is based. And they all have to do with different things. For example, your third eye, which is between your eye- eyebrows, that's your intuition and your kind of creativity, your feet, the soles of your feet, um, helps you feel grounded, those kinds of things. So when the idea is when certain chakras become unbalanced, this can kind of take come through can like take its toll on your emotions, your can be physical pain. Anyway, 
if you're feeling a bit shit, the idea is some of these things are unbalanced and you should have Reiki. Uh, and so, okay, so it's about getting balance in your body. Exactly. And what do you do? What's the treatment? Okay, so you lie there, you're fully clothed. The idea is your practitioner, she is, or he, you know, is a very spiritual person. And I had a woman, her hands, the idea is that she uses her hands and her energy that comes out of her hands to balance your chakras. She, does, she, she doesn't touch you, her hands are just above you. And she, you sit down. No stones. No. Don't know why you're thinking about no stones. stones. That's a hot stain massage. No, very no, 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 no. coloured stones. Anyway, sorry. Oh, like crystals. Yeah, there is like some kind of crystal yeah. therapy, isn't there? Yes. Like in the same vein. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, and then you you chat with her before about you know what's going on. Obviously, everyone is so different. And one of the things she did say is, have you had any kind of big traumas in your life? I need to know about like. And this is what Charlotte, you said to me, yes. one of your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously it brings up so much emotion. It's really common to, to start crying or, you know, you just don't know what's going to come out. And she did say, she's like, you know, whatever comes, like, let it flow, whether it's laughter or crying. And I was like, oh my God, what is going to happen? I was quite nervous. But I didn't have any of that, which is still a bit disappointed by in the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she did chant. Like, oh, she chanted at you, didn't she? She did, yeah. Was, I would have So it's kind of like, so we invoke Tor's angels we invoke, you know, the spirits, and then she's like chanting and like in Sanskrit, and, and it was all quite weird. But I, quite, I love that kind of thing. I did try not to laugh at the beginning. Oh my god, I could not. Have and that how was the treatment? Um, the actual me lying there with my eyes shut and her hands, twenty minutes, half an Is hour. Is that music? There was music, like but, sound pipes. But I can't tell you what I felt. Like what? Sound pipes. What's that? Sound no, pipes, yeah. no, it was all like, I like whale whale music. I saw kit. Where? Was whale music. No, it was all like nice, like yoga, chill meditation music. It was really nice. Anyway, but what I, what the weird thing was is what I could feel coming out of her hands. What? It, energy. No. Georgie, I think you should go. It's on the NHS now. So. It's on the NHS. Yeah. So it has been proven to <gasps> completely... I mean, no wonder this country is in such... <laughs> Let me finish my sentence. Catastrophic death. <laughs> it has been proven to eliminate in certain people symptoms of chemotherapy and it can be really beneficial to people with arthritis also, depression it's better than like dishing out loads of drugs to people if it helps them and they don't have to take it's a really powerful healing technique and you might laugh but the next day I felt very very different and I hadn't done anything else apart from that Tor was like on fire the next day I, she was like I feel like nothing can phase me today it was, was really, really weird you said you were really thirsty that whole day like after a massage when all the toxins have come out of your body and she said and that's like proof to me that it was and just... I'm not allowed to have Reiki because I've got in my spine I've got a rod attached to my spine so obviously it's going to do you're not allowed you've got a rod in your spine so you're not allowed yeah, because because it stand can, on it, top of you they don't and put their hands over your because it, it, it could get so it gets so hot it can, it can get so hot and weirdly so it I, damage it weirdly you can feel everyone is very very different mine was actually cold I felt cold you could fight I could feel this like you know when you get two magnets and put the opposing ends together and they don't push together that in there that was like what I felt that like feeling she was doing this it was like weird Try it. I think you're. you're I don't know if you might. I believe you. I think don't knock it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, don't knock it. And I think you know, as as we said with medication, I think people are really looking for alternative therapies now. Mm -hmm. Things like acupuncture, even like. I put this in my piece even like five ten years ago things like aromatherapy were considered absolutely like witch's rubbish but now it's like really accepted and I think this is this is one of those things that in ten years time people will be like oh yeah you know just go for my Reiki like mindfulness can you exactly. imagine ten years ago saying to yeah, like your parents oh I'm just going to do some even five years ago but that you can reason because you can say I've had a stressful day I'm just going to go and sit and just calm and get my breathing because I get to the end of the day and I'm like my breathing has been at whatever speed all day because I haven't drawn breath and stopped that you can totally reason no but then there's like scientific studies into mindfulness and meditation shows that it grows grey matter in the brain 
which is basically like insurance for your brain, which stops with like dementia, all those kind of things. And like 10, 15 years ago, no one would ever have thought that. Mm. Yeah. No, and, I, and I, do, I do get that. I just wonder if the positive effects of Reiki are essentially mindfulness, which is just lie, just lying down and having a bit of time to gather your thoughts. I mean, I don't I, think it's that, because I feel like it's, you're not, you weren't in control of all. No, and also I do that anyway, but this is very, very different. This is balancing, essentially, yeah. whatever you believe, balancing your body and everyone is so different yeah. like, and what she said to me about where I hold everything and where and it was all so true the friend that Troy was referring to before she went she um, went on her Reiki down and this woman was like doing whatever she does like at her feet and she burst into tears like hysterical tears and like you can't make that up I don't, but that, I don't know where that comes from that's all that, she said that could be quite deep trauma so yeah exactly but as in like yeah. as in there's like it's got to work in some respect mm-hmm. if that's what's happening yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. I th- maybe I'm too much of a cynic. I think I'd go there and be like, how much longer I could be doing something else. I could be in the gym right now. <laughs> you should try it. I think you should try it. I think we should get a Reiki person in the office. I love that. And I think the biggest sceptics probably could get the most out of it because you might, we would be so amazed. And whilst we're on the subject of breathing, um, Georgie, I downloaded a new app that was recommended to me. And she wasn't recommended to me. I think I found it. But I saw my friend on the weekend and she's a psychiatrist. And she said it's the one they recommend on the NHS as well. It's called Calm. And it's so good. I've tried Headspace. Didn't like it. I think we wrote about Calm. Did we? We might have. I did. Yeah, it's so easy to use. I've done... I've, so how does it work? You, well, there's loads of different programs you can do. I've signed up for like a seven days of calm meditation thing. You do ten minutes a day. It's also not omming and doing weird things. It's like sitting for ten minutes. It's so guided. It tells you how to breathe. Ten minutes a day. And there's loads of different programs. And then there's a really cool thing called a breathe bubble, which is a separate thing. You can do it whenever you want. And it's got a really nice sound. It basically, it tells you, the bubble like goes out when you breathe in. And then you hold it and you exhale. So you so breathe in. So we're saying about what is on your face? Like a visual yeah, bubble. bubble. Okay. So you breathe How does it know when you're breathing? It doesn't. It tells you. It tells you, I and then you just... It just it, 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 So it regulates I was thinking that is a straw, but... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, if I had it, it would probably be easier. It's, 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 no, it's, it's your okay. guide for your breath. Yeah. yeah. So you can do that for like two minutes is a day. It's really like entrancing. It's really yeah. good. I try to do it at my desk, it's very hard to concentrate and work at the same time. But it's really good. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, I, I feel like I'd get something out of that, actually. Mm. Well, start start right. with the app, Georgie. Yeah, no, I'm like... up for that. I, I, get the ben- I get the benefit of mindfulness. Let's talk about Hindus because apparently, no two words strike greater fear into the heart of a friendship group than the words Hindu. From avoiding planning stress and petty arguments to the best budget etiquette, we wrote a piece on our top tips for getting through the whole thing unscathed. You're all very much in the Hindu era of your lives. Do you dread it? No. Taking to a hen? It, it doesn't at all. But I actually like I I chatted to Rosie who wrote this piece about some of my ideas because I just organised one this summer and I'm just launching into organising another one for next year. Tours also, I know, in the midst of organising. It's fine when you're the organiser. Yes. When you're not, that's when it fills me with dread. Really? Yeah. Yeah, when you yeah. do a Because I'm like, why yes. I don't want to spend £50 going to make a flower head Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I, I do find cheesy activities just a bit yeah. much to take. Yes. There are some happy campers around, aren't there? I think the thing about considering the bride, I actually semi-disagree. I actually think the biggest thing to consider <laughs> is, is the fact that you're catering, <laughs> you catering for, like, you know, 15 to 20 people. So the bride might love to, like, run around in a field in her bikini and do loads of drugs. Or, do you know what I mean? You might have that kind of friend. But if everybody else doesn't want to do that, then actually, no, you're asking people to spend a lot of money and give up a whole weekend. Actually, that's very yeah. true. I think, no, you need to think about what people want to do. So I'm organising another one in that summer. Somebody brought up going. Is that a school friend? School yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, and I said to my friend, I was like, I 
really just people don't like getting up at four o'clock to travel yeah. to Galway to get on a flight and spend 24 hours I, I really think that to me personally the biggest thing is considering what all the people want to do yeah I feel like brides yeah. these days are quite bridezilla about Hindus mm-hmm. it's like okay you've got the wedding let us like yes. take yeah. control I'm so lucky my sister who I'm organising hers she's so chilled She's so grateful for anything. I'm so just doing a day in London, like a day and a night. Like, just like, I don't want my friends to, have to pay those money. Mm. Don't want to go abroad. I like, don't want to put them through that. I also really, I, I'm kind of actually yet to have Hindus. I'm really going to resent when someone says to me, "Can you pay 350 quid?" I think it depends who your crowd is. I got married when I was 25, and I was the first out of all of us. And there were only eight girls who went on my hen, but it was my did you do? best friends. We went to Barcelona and. We went very beginning of September, so it was it was like part of everyone's summer mm-hmm. holiday. We went for three nights, we lay on the beach. I do not do pop videos or making anything. So there was no organised fun, no strippers. We had a willy straw and I wore a sash and that was it. I, yeah. I did not just want one willy straw. But I just do not want anything. I want to go, go to some nice restaurants catch up with people mm-hmm. and just have a girly weekend mm-hmm. away and because there were eight people yeah. and we were not in the midst of a hen every month people were happy to do it because it was kind of like it was like going on a girls weekend away that sounds so I nice it's such a yeah. I agree if it's, <coughs> if it's just your best friends amazing all the hens I've been on have been multiple crowds with sisters of the groom and you know mother-in-laws and that kind of stuff so therefore your cake it's quite I don't know if that always that formula works when you're a bigger crowd and not everybody's best friends but I agree I think that's like the perfect lovely plan if it's just, if you can yeah, get away I, with being just your best friends I might do that I think mm. that's such a good it idea so not that I'm engaged it was just it was really civilised yeah. Like, that's really nice. I also, but I also really strongly believe there's a way of doing a nice balance. About about, right, exactly that balance of civilized and gross. You don't have to go like one way or the other. It doesn't have to be a mega expensive night out, and it doesn't also have to be some like disgusting. You know, need to wash your hair when you get home kind of night either. Mm. Like there's balance. Mm. But I do think you have to consider the bride. I went on a hen, and there was a stripper. And she is so not a stripper kind of girl, and it was the most awkward, mm. awkward thing. I mean, I think so why on ever wants a stripper? I mean, I have one friend who wanted a stripper on her. Yeah, my sister wanted one. Well. 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 Oh, so so yeah. yeah, I said no. no I ever went to a hen on. We'd like we had an Airbnb actually. It was the tiniest Airbnb ever, and this stripper came, and it was just so awkward. Everyone was like crowded around this gross so awkward. stripper. That's why I went on. Her mum was there. Yeah, it was honestly the most awkward thing ever. Yeah, that's the other so thing expensive. was the first hen I went on. We were all really quite young, and her mum was there, and her younger sister, and she was being asked sex questions, like oh, really oh. quite. And we were sitting there thinking, "This is I don't no, know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. can get a bit cool. I think we're going to Oh, be... I like a bit of Mr. But that's where the sex questions come I mean, up. And I've been there with mother-in-laws as well. I really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you do. You do. Yeah, you what's do. The I feel most like most excited about you've had sex. I mean, that's yeah. I don't think mums want to hear that. No, you don't have to have these questions. That you mean. No, you don't have to. Obviously, yeah. you should you say that for when the mums go home. I agree. From hens to bra sizes, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Rich is filming this week. He's like, mm, I'm learning quite a lot. Right. So anyway, finding the time for regular bra fittings isn't always a top priority. I think a lot of us probably know. That we should make more effort. Anyway, Fig Leaves have quite a cool new online solution, which is worth a look. And they've created a guide for the most common bra issues to 
help you get one that fits you better. But what about you two? I kind of read this and I was like, oh god, I don't know when the last time. And I need to have a fitting. After I had my third child, I remember going shopping for bras and I picked up the size, the cup size that I thought I was. Went into the fitting room. Rich never looked at me the same way. <laughs> anyway, went into the fitting room, tried on none of the fitment. I was like, oh my god, so I've gone down. Size. I mean, That's sad. horrendous, horrendous, <laughs> horrendous. But I know that I really need to go and get properly measured. The thing is, I think I might get a real shock. <laughs> so I love to cry. <laughs> it's really important. If you care so much about your clothes and what you invest in your fashion, what you add is just important because mm-hmm. it makes your clothes fit better. So how often do you go? Every day. Every day. Oh, I love it. I go all the time. So important. Yeah, no, like every six months. What? 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 Really I've been like three times in my whole life. You should go. Also, I went not that long ago, a year ago. Special like, Do you schedule it in? Is it no, like... you just swing by. I go to Bravissimo. Do they know you in there? There's so many. Back again. Bravissimo. Yeah. You think it's just the big boobs, but it's not. Oh, they do other sizes too. I think they would laugh at me if I went into Bravissimo. See, my thing is, they, yeah. no, they specialise in small backs. They'd be perfect for the Astrid. I don't wear proper bras though. I don't know about you guys. I never wear, I wear like today I'm wearing like a Calvin Klein and I wear those like really little like skimpy cat the label style things. I don't wear those like cut. It's always like hate sweating. Don't <laughs> <laughs> shake like, you crying. So you'll, you'll get a saggy boob star though. You'll get those anyway. Yeah. Mm. They're okay for now. Well, also, like buying you a new pair of nice pants because you you feel so good. A bra is exactly the same. Yeah, but I but, but I feel I feel good in like a really in like a really like lacy see through skimpy bra, not in like you know an M and S cut. Do you? Do you? Saying, I always think it's an interesting. Thing. I'm not saying wear like rank bras, guys. <laughs> but I but I think it's an interesting thing, like how much you invest in your underwear because. I always think if money was no object, you'd have amazing gym kit, you'd have amazing underwear, you'd have amazing nightwear. You'd, but like ultimately, you have a list of priorities, mm. and I think you know. And it's not to say that I don't buy new underwear and spend money on underwear, but I'm actually quite happy going to MS. Like shock horror. Mm. Me too. But I, I just don't. And I have got some nicer stuff, and occasionally I'll buy something nicer. Um, and I think Senna McCartney laundry is really nice. Which is, you can get on the outlet, by the way, from yeah. really good discounts. And it's always good in the oh, yeah. net. So really really yeah. yeah, that's yeah, a really good, like, way but to I do it. I think you've got to have a lot of disposable cash. Yes. To spend a lot of money, to, to justify. Yeah, but I'm not saying going, get, going to get fitted and buying a bra is expensive. Bravissimo isn't not... Well, like, these bras are expensive though. Yeah, but these ones are like thirty, forty pounds each. If you yeah, that's quite a lot there, I think. But it's essential. Like, if you can buy a nice pair of boots and like a cashmere jumper, I know. Yeah, you're right, but yeah. I do think if you think what people have to spend a month, I, I wouldn't want to spend forty quid on a bra. I mean, I will if it's Stella McCartney. I mean, that's going to be more. But like for a few nice sets, but actually, I don't want to spend that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was at you know, I used to buy my stuff in Rigby and Pella. Did that was, you? That was like my one thing I used to like. Oh, so you are like You awful. I'd like drop like hundred quid in a bra. Oh my god! I have to say, I, I've got a couple of Agile provocateur bras, and they are the least comfortable things I own. In the Me whole too. I think. They're not really. They're like so, so dainty. Yeah. 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 For comfort. I don't think that's no. like, they're they're meant to be, <laughs> yeah. to be taken oh, off very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just go and get fitted. Just it takes five minutes. Anyway, tour. I think you're going to inspire us all, inspire the nation to go and get measured. But the right part size. <laughs> That's it for this week. If you have any feedback, then do email podcast at sherlux.com. And if you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, and subscribe by iTunes. It really does make a difference. See you next week. Mm-hmm.